Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got two special guests, Alan and Jackie. Jackie <laughs> Jones. When I uh, added this into the Google Calendar, I don't know how my autocorrect like did that. I did know your name, and the funny thing is, I literally looked it up and everything, and made sure that I did it right, and then it ended up that. But um, yeah, we got J Alan and Jackie Jones. And so, uh, first of all, thank you guys for coming on. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah. And the first question that we wanted to ask is, uh, how did you guys meet? Ooh. <laughs> uh, so we are. Educators by trade, um, Jackie, she teaches uh, ELL, but when I met her, we met at a conference, an educational conference in Tennessee, Gaylord. I don't forget the what city. The Opryland, I think. Yeah, Gaylord Hotel. So we went with our own schools, wow. and we're both Fort Wayne Community. And, of course, at night, we were hanging out with people from Fort Wayne Community. You know, you go to yep. Nashville. <laughs> yep. But... Yeah, so we met that way. Yeah. Wow. Oh, but we can get a little deeper than that. No. So she's giving you the, she's giving you the kind she's version. She's like, no. So, so, so we meet, and um, I have my crew, and she's with her crew, and I notice her, but I, I didn't want to, you know, seem too thirsty. So, um, but I'm like, man, she's fine. I'm not, I know I'm going to talk to her. So, How long ago was this, by the way, just for context? Oh, it'll be ten, years. Ten, years. ten years. Ten years. Okay. Ten years. Wow. Yeah. And there's like a ten-year age difference too. I think. That is true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Daddy still got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so later that day, my uh, instructional coach, I was like, "Hey, you know, who is that? Man, you put me on. You know, like introduce me, some whatever." Yeah. yeah. She's like, "Okay, whatever." And. She talked to your your people. Your people talked to my people. And, uh, yeah, been together ever, ever since. Ever since. Wow. Yeah, we so, came back in. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I, just diving in, uh, it was funny because at that point in my life, personally, I was at a weird place. One, um, I was having my first daughter. Wow. During that time. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting married. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't that situation for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely in a, a low place, weird place where I was just like, you know, praying, you know, like wanting, you know, that companionship that, you know, praying for more. And I tell her all the time, you know, I pray for you. Yep. And uh, it's, the, it's the truth, you know. And I think it was at the point where I just just let go, let God. Mm -hmm. It was that was the eye opening point for me, you know, and I felt like it was right on time that he was like, here you go. When you're ready to receive it. Then boom, I'm gonna hook you up. Yep, and he hooked me up. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. so, so that now I got a question. Then does that mean that uh, you believe that he, he was brought to you by God <laughs> as well? <laughs> uh -oh. I mean, I do. I think so because I'm kind of was in the same situation. Um, I had always lived with girlfriends, and then I finally had my own place. And then I did move. I actually moved back down to West Central. So wow. when we met, I was living in West Central and crazy that all of our rentals are now in West Central yep. or majority. But um, yeah, it was just, I came to Nashville a little brokenhearted and I'm like, mm -hmm. and then we met and like, we literally have been together ever since. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer your specific question. This knowledge has made us over a million dollars and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below. All right, so then I wanna go back to your guys' uh, uh, like your history. Um, and so Tony always has a phrase. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> just a kid from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so how did you both grow up and what was it like growing up like what uh what beliefs did you get from your parents and what inspiration did you get from them um what was your like immediate community you know i am from ohio oh wow so yeah just over the border brian and i used to race go-karts there hey <laughs> okay maybe that racetrack we might have been at the same racetrack. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's probably only one. But, um, yeah, Brian, Ohio, I am one of four. My brother's the oldest. I'm the oldest girl. Um, grew up in sports, cheerleading, gymnastics. Um, we also grew up on a, a little farm, so we had mm -hmm. pigs and chickens. And, mm -hmm. yeah, you can say I was the pork queen. <laughs> she really was <laughs> the oh pork queen. Yeah, she, she has the crown with the little and the pig. Yeah. Williams County Port Queen. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the real thing. This is a fact. So, yeah. Then I went to college, went to St. Francis. So that's how I landed in Fort Wayne mm -hmm. and have been here ever since. Love it. Uh, I'm from Muncie, Indiana. Um, go Bearcats. <laughs> um, grew up with, you know, tight-knit community, single mom, um, until she met my stepdad. Uh, he recently passed away was mm -hmm. a couple years ago. A couple years ago. Last this year, year. Just past year, yeah. He's a good guy. Hard guy. Army guy. Mm. So, um, but definitely grew up in poverty. But the, the interesting thing about poverty is um, you don't really know it's poverty mm -hmm. until you've been and had some outside experiences to realize how poor you really are. Mm -hmm. So I grew up food stamps. I grew up government cheese. Literally, like the block of cheese the mm -hmm. government would provide for your house, and you did what you needed. Yep. So the grilled cheeses were serious back in the day. <laughs> um, uh, my sister and I, we shared uh, a room. So I was telling my daughter this the other day. Whenever she gets her too mm -hmm. high up, I'm like, I got to bring her back down. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, bunk beds, two-bedroom house, one bathroom with a bath, no shower, Mm -hmm. So it was baths or the wash rack. Yep. Um, so just grew up, grew up that way. Um, I, the neighborhood was the neighborhood. I mean, my neighborhood raised me, you know. Um, um, basketball was a ticket out for me. I was able to uh, afford an opportunity to get a scholarship for Taylor University. Dang. So play basketball there. It was All-American a couple years. And, um, um, yeah, so – my mom was, uh, she ran a tight ship. My mom was a type of lady who, uh, I tell this story to my, my, when we had muffins and moms at my school, um, my mom, when I was younger, Peyton, Walter Payton was a big football player. 
And he was like the Jordan of football back in the days. And they had these ruse, these shoes. They have, they're called ruse, and you can put the change mm-hmm. in the pocket. I don't know. You mm-hmm. guys might be oh, too yeah. young for no, that. No, I remember those. Okay. And uh, I remember she was supposed to hook me up with these ruse. And all day I'm, I'm bragging about it. I'm at the bus stop with my oh, boys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, man, my mom's hooking me up. <laughs> and um, all day at school I'm talking about it. I get home. I come to the house. My mom's waiting on me. And uh, I'm like, Mom, I'm here. I'm ready. And I was like, where the ruse at? She's like, oh, they're in the garage. And I'm like, the garage? I go to the garage. I open up the garage door. There's a lawnmower, brand new lawnmower, full <laughs> tank of gas. Oh, my gosh. And she says, happy birthday. And not only did she give me a brand new lawnmower and gas, but she went to every neighbor on that block and set it up for me to cut their grass. Wow. So that was like... You know, hard knock life 101 with my <laughs> mom. And that's just how I'm built, you know. Yeah. So um, appreciate that. I appreciate that more now as a 100%. man with kids um, than I did when I was eight, nine, ten years old yep. and doing that stuff. So, but that's, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy because my dad uh, did something similar. I'd be like, hey, dad, you know, can I borrow $10? And he's like, uh, sure, I'm going to need you to mow the lawn or do the dishes or do this or whatever. I'm like, all right. And then most of the time, he wouldn't give me the money until I already did it. But then once I did it enough times, he'd be like, all right, here's the money. Here's what I need you to do. And then he would at least front the money, and he knew that I was going to get it done too. So yep. it is interesting how that, like, uh, at the I didn't even think about it at the time. I wasn't mad or anything like that. I'm like, all right, done. That's yep. easy. Like, I'd rather have the money, so I'll do this thing. And yep. so, and, and, and on top of that, it's when you get the money, Oh, I got the money to go buy those Ruse or those Jordans. Yep. I don't want to spend my money. So yeah, there was all kind of lessons in there. Man, I hated her during that time. Like, what are we doing? That's what I was gonna ask. Is yeah. if, if in the moment you were actually upset or you were just oh, like, all right, let's go. I got this. Salty. Salty. Yeah. <laughs> Salty. Yeah. Frustrated. And and you know, really didn't understand the bigger picture, but you know, that's what parents do. You know, they've they've had those experiences and I think uh, being able to mm, capture the opportunity to think of think of uh, what's down the road. So let me invest in my son so that he understands X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. He understands the value of a dollar. He understands the value of relationships with those people's uh, grass that I cut. Yep. So, I mean, it was, uh, it came back tenfold. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Do you do you still mow your own yard, or do you have somebody do it now? Uh, well, you know, That's a story happened. in itself. <laughs> <laughs> tell the story then. All right. So we, we just uh, we had oh. lived in West Central for I had lived there a long time, yeah. and I bought my first house in West Central. He moved in. Then we had now we have four kids. Mm-hmm. So what was it? Two and a half years ago, three years ago, we're like we need a bigger house. So we started looking um and our oldest ava she's northwest fort wayne so we're like okay let's build fort northwest Mm -hmm. so we built moved into the new house it took forever to get that first grass oh man so So much different when you have dirt and it's like man i can't wait to cut the grass yeah he bought a lawnmower he's like we had a lawnmower he's like we're gonna we're gonna get a nicer one we're gonna get a nice one he does his first couple cuts and then the lawn turns yellow oh my so i mean i've never been in a situation you know one to be able to afford to buy it Build a new house, new home. Yeah. Right. So I was thankful for that. And then never been in a situation where, you know, you 
planted the seed and all that stuff and then being able to take care of it and fertilizing lawn. Like I didn't grow up fertilizing the lawn. You just go out there, you cut the grass, line it up and you keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so learning a lot. But yeah, I cut it too low, tore the mm. grass up, man, needed fertilizer. It was bad. But yep. We're back. Right. But That's no, awesome. we don't cut the grass anymore, though. Good. Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before, and we've tried several different CRMs, and Ari Simply has been the best. Ari Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls. The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try Ari Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now. Yeah. I said I did landscaping for a while too, and I always thought it was funny. I was like, dude, why would anybody ever pay anybody? Like, it takes me in like 30 minutes. Like, you know, why would they pay this? And then like now I'm like, I will never mow yeah. my grass again ever. <laughs> I have a problem though where like I'm very much like you, and I'm like, uh, I have to have it perfect. And so then if there's too much over it, I'll literally do it twice. And then I'm like, nope, just get it done. You're not gonna go over it twice. And I tell myself that beforehand. Then I'm out there and I'm like, Nope, I'm going over it twice. I can't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm like, dude, I just need to hire this out. This is dumb. Yep. I can't do it. But yep. Yep. yeah, grass yep. is a funny thing. And and you know, like Jackie said, we have four kids, so yeah, I, I enjoy cutting grass. It's not like I didn't ever enjoy it, but just that that time, you know, mm-hmm. how how do you want to you know maximize your time, yeah. and is it worth that? Hundred so percent. It, it really wasn't worth that. That's what I always tell people to do is evaluate, okay, whether you're going to work or like work for overtime or you're going to pay somebody else to do that. It's like, man, could I spend this money and then spend more time with my kids? Which one's more valuable to me, right. spending $100 a week or spending time with my kids? And if the money is more uh, valuable to you, then go mow your lawn. But if the time with your kids is more valuable and you can afford to do it, yeah. then like go spend the time with your kids and you're going to be happier with your life. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So you talked about college as being like a way out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Dakota didn't grow up in like the best area, and then he sort of like carved his own way, but he avoided college. He like graduated a year early and uh, started working hard right away and then found a different path. Um, what did you learn from college, or was there something there that you needed uh, in order to like? change your mindset, like change your environment, that sort of thing. What what did college teach you? Great question. Um, a lot. I think um, the way I view college now is completely different as a, an investor, as, you know, a business owner. Um, from when I went to college as an athlete, you mm-hmm. know, under 21, and I haven't seen the world yet. So um, kind of twofold, for, for me, it was an escape. You know, like I mentioned, basketball was my way out. It was my way out of, of poverty. You know, I was able to get a scholarship to go to Taylor University, play there, um, be in a Christian-like atmosphere, um, um, and just be around like-minded people for the most part. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> so, um, that was great for me during that time because the trajectory that I was going was it could have gone a different, mm-hmm. you know, many different ways. So being able to get into a safe place, is, uh, even though it's kind of a bubble, um, it changed my trajectory. And so being able to build relationships I still have to this day was awesome. Then being an educator, a teacher, a, a, a principal, 
um, I looked at college differently because I know now that college isn't for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. everybody does. They, you don't need to go to college. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's great if it's for you, um, but you know there are uh, uh, different careers. Man, Lord, man, give me an electrician, a plumber, a <laughs> roofer, any day of the week. And you know, I want to make sure even our kids, you know, they they understand. You know, college may not be for you. You're going to do something, but mm-hmm. you know, it. it, it it's not the answer for all things. Mm-hmm. So now as an entrepreneur, um, owning properties, we understand like, man, you really, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. But it just depends on where you are in your life, you know, your trajectory, you know, where you're headed. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. What did you feel about when you went to college? Did you feel like it was like a necessary thing or like the only way to succeed or is your perspective shifted? I think I knew as I was in high school that I wanted to go to college. Mm -hmm. I originally started as a nursing major. So I did that for two years. And then it was all kids though. Like if I was going to be a nurse, I wanted to be in the peds. So it was all revolving around kids. And I just, I've always had a heart for kids. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, two, two and a half years into nursing major, I was like, okay, one, this is hard. <laughs> That's anatomy, too. Anatomy was the hard one? Um, I think I it was anatomy. I took anatomy twice. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, okay, I like kids a lot. Like, let's try the <laughs> education route. Yeah. And, I mean, it was the best decision for me. I got right in, and um, once I started my student teaching, then I also got my degree in special ed. So, um, yeah, I've loved it since, and I think college – was necessary but yeah looking back we do we tell our kids we're like you don't have to go to college i mean if our hope would be that hopefully one day they want to take on what we've started so that's awesome man i feel like i go so many different directions with this i actually had it written down like teachers slash educators but entrepreneurs because usually those are two different things which is uh i think why it's interesting that you guys are both like that's a that's a very rare thing so um, I guess my question that I wrote down is uh, who is college for? Then you said it's not for everybody. Who do you think should go to college and who is it for specifically? Oh, man, that's a great question. I think it depends on what what and where your passion is. You know, I, as an educator, it's interesting because you can see, like, students and kind of see like their trajectory mm-hmm. you know man I, I i definitely gotta i gotta go talk to tony because man i'm worried about the direction <laughs> that he's headed you know mm-hmm. so you're able to see the paths that they could potentially could go to and then you see other students where it's like man you know they got it they they figured it out they figured it out early they're focused and uh i want to make sure i touch them and connect with them but they're going to be okay mm-hmm. so it, it really it just depends. It depends on you know that person's passion, um, what they ultimately want to do with their life, and a, and a lot of times people don't know right. and, until they're at a mature place to be able to say, hey, I want to be a teacher, or I, I want to be a business owner, or I want to be a physician. Mm-hmm. So I think it just depends on their, you know, what their passion is. I think once you figure out your passion, then that would dictate, yes, I need to go to college because I need to have a degree in order to pursue this profession. Right. Or I don't need college. I need to go here to get my journeyman's card or whatever the situation may be. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting because uh, like I think about that a lot, and I think about uh, the pressure that I felt from different teachers and from different educators, mm-hmm. and the way that uh, yeah, they they thought that they knew what my path was going to be, and it was a lot different than what I had envisioned. So it's interesting too that um, like I may have a vision, and if it doesn't fit what somebody else thinks is best for my life, it's like okay do you know what's best for my life or do I? And so then it's always interesting to not like, uh, not cross that either where it's like, man, you could see them going down a path. They like, you don't necessarily think is what's best for them, but maybe it is what's best for them because it's going to lead them down this other way. So that's, what's always hard for me is like, obviously we don't want people to go through pain, suffering, especially like our kids or like whenever you're, you know, are a teacher, it's like, dang, but sometimes like letting people go through some hard stuff is like the Mm -hmm. best thing that they could do too. So it's always, it's an interesting line that Mm -hmm. I always thought would be very difficult as like a teacher. And then obviously as a, uh, a parent even Mm -hmm. harder. But what's interesting is when I went to college, they still didn't have like good smartphones yet. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, they had, okay. like, it was a lot of like the flip out keyboards and stuff like that. So when I was first getting ready to go to college, there wasn't I wasn't getting influenced as much by the entrepreneurial, by like the personal development side of things. And YouTube was like, it was middle-aged. Like it was grow, It was mm-hmm. starting to grow, but people mm-hmm. didn't talk about how much money they made on their YouTube channels. And like right. it hadn't gotten niched out yet. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't influenced by that stuff. So I didn't have confidence in being able to do anything except for go to school. Yep. Like that was the only path that was presented to me. Yeah. And it was presented to me by everybody. Like everybody was like, dude, if you don't go to college, right. you will not get a good job. Yeah, yeah times I, have definitely changed. Oh, definitely changed. And I can appreciate both of your answers so much. So in my role as principal, really working with adults, teachers specifically, so that they wouldn't uh, 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 pigeonhole mm-hmm. students into that. A lot of times, you know, sometimes, sometimes there are educators out there, not the ones that I've worked with, <laughs> but there are educators out there who um, are limited in their knowledge base. Mm-hmm. And and yet they're in front of, you know, 30 kids at a time at the middle school or whatever, you know, situation may be. And they only teach what they know. And that's, you know, part of the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't get past right. their knowledge base. So I'm going to keep you in this box exactly. because I'm stuck right. on stupid SOS. I'm I'm stuck here. Mm-hmm. And and so because I'm stuck here, I can't. I can't elevate you to where you actually, where you could right. be. It's not possible even in their mind. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Exactly right. So, you know, it's interesting and that's not fair. So I think as, as educators, man, you know, such an opportunity to, to be uh, a huge influence. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know everything. Right. Like, I know I don't. Right. Um, but you got to be able to facilitate learning. Yeah. So. Exactly. Know, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. If you can facilitate that or provide opportunity, then I think that's the key. Yeah. So, so how do you guys do that individually? How do you guys facilitate that? Like what's a good way that uh, people listening, like as either educators or as parents, or like, I think everybody is like uh, leading or teaching somebody. So what's the best way to facilitate the growth without again, putting people in a box? Mm. I really want answers from both of you guys on like the best ways to do that if possible. (laughs) Um, Man, I can go a thousand different ways with that. I would say as a, as a father, my daughter. So my oldest, uh, like I said, I play basketball. I know a little bit about a little bit. 
in my, you know, I've taken her down to Taylor. She's seen my plaque on the wall, yep. you know, like that's awesome. Those are cool things. Like yeah. as a dad, like, Hey, I want to show you this. You go yep. into the locker room. My picture is on the wall. And this is <laughs> awesome. years ago, 2002. Right. Yep. And you know, my, my son's there and he's mimicking my, my yeah. body Aww. movement with the basketball. It was really cool. I wish I had a picture to show you guys. And so, you know, have been there, have experience with that. But when I'm talking to my daughter, who's just now getting into it, and I see the, her love for the game starting to come out, mm -hmm. I'm still like, I'm dad, you know, mm -hmm. like dad didn't know how to play basketball. He didn't know what he's talking about. So facilitating, I have a good friend of a uh, friend of mine, actually a former student of mine, uh, Bryce Miles. He he owns True Fit, mm. and he does uh, 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 you know trainings, mm -hmm. all that stuff. But now I have him working with Ava, and her attention is different. Yep. Her focus is different. And I feel like as dad, I, I'm sitting back I'm sitting back on the sidelines, which is cool. And then I'm able to interject and it makes more sense to her now. So being able to facilitate, being a you know, a place where, you know, have her work with somebody and then I can come in. And then hopefully it's a place where get rid of that guy, talk with dad, let's yep. get to work. So um, yeah. I like it. Do you have anything? Yeah, I think, well, with our kids, so our twins are just turned four. Yep. Roman is six, and then Ava is nine. Um, so they're still all so young, but I feel like in our house, we talk not only about education, but real estate, probably more than education at this mm. point. Um, and they know, I mean, even the twins, they're like understanding that we have more than one job and that we're constantly moving and thinking about what needs to come next. And um, mm -hmm. they offer to help. Can we go to the workhouse? They call everything the, the workhouse. Work yeah, yeah. What's um, the workhouse? Just any Either of our room. properties. Oh, any of them. Oh, yeah. nice. Going to a workhouse. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think that in Ava, too, she knows, like, she doesn't have to go to college if she doesn't want to. Of course, we would want her to if that's what she would want to do. But, um, yeah, we're just excited to to let them make decisions for themselves when they get older. And yeah. I think modeling is important too, whether in, in all of those things, whether it's education, whether it's at home, whether it's with real estate and working with others, you know, being able to model, um, you know, treating other people to go to rule, you know, how you want to be treated. And so just moving that way, being yeah. humble along the way. So, yeah, that was the hardest part for me was the teachers. I was like, man, you guys are telling me this. And like, I'm looking at you, your life and how happy you are. Mm. I don't want to be you. Like, I'm not interested in listening to you. You're not somebody that I want to be like. So then whenever you tell me that, I'm like, I'd rather be like happy and poor yeah. than to like go and be this successful person and like end up like you guys. I'm like, you guys are not happy. Yeah. But yeah. that's what I felt for my teachers anyway. But I think mm -hmm. that they were just very unhappy with me because I was very outspoken and <laughs> question a lot of things. I, I questioned that. everything. That's good. I though. questioned everything. And the funny thing is, uh, People get very upset with kids for questioning stuff. And then they're like, stop asking so many questions. And I'm like, man, I believe now because I asked so many questions, I'm like where I'm at. And then it was so funny. I was talking to somebody last night and they're like, 
I think that you think too much about things. I was like, I disagree. I think I think properly about things mm-hmm. because I think about the outcome of them and then I take action. I don't just yeah. sit there and think about it. Yeah. I think about different directions and I think which one's going to be the str- most strategic, best way for me to get where I'm going or what mm-hmm. I want or what God has for, planned for my life. Yeah. So if I'm thinking about those and then I'm taking action towards them, like, is that really thinking too much? I disagree. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. the only way to really be thinking and learning is to ask the question. So mm-hmm. I love it when people are asking questions and like kids, when they're asking questions, I don't get upset. I'm just like, I'll answer them. And then I usually question them. And sometimes the funny thing is they don't want to answer the question. I will just pester them. I'm like, hey, yeah. you asked me a lot of questions. You're going to answer my questions now yeah. too. And so, but it's funny that, yeah, it's, they're just trying to learn. And I yeah. think that uh, a lot of people will cut that off, even though I think it's the most like ability to teach people in that moment, because that's when they're, when they're asking questions is when they're open to the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're forcing it, it's like, they're not. And that's, that's interesting because in education now, more than when I was in school, but now um, those are those higher order thinking skills. Mm-hmm. You want, when I was evaluating teachers, I'm looking at what questions are students asking? How mm-hmm. are you, how are you creating an environment where it's inquisitive, yeah. where, you know, where students are thinking and want to drive, you know, you know, their questions? Because mm-hmm. it goes back to what you just said, you know. They're into it. They want to know more. And yep. how does this? Let me let me make this connection. So, you know, that's the cool thing. I, you know, we talk about education being able to see how are they making those connections through questioning. So. Yep. Yeah, and if Dakota wanted to clap back, there's uh, Henry Ford said, uh, "Thinking is the hardest work there is," which is probably the reason why so few engage in it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's that's true though. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But yeah, I think it is. Uh, I think it is very important to ask ask yourself. So I would say, uh, I think it might have been Ed Milet that said it or something. I can't remember. But the quality of the questions that you ask yourself is the quality of the life that you're going to have. So if you ask yourself certain questions, like some questions, in my opinion, are bad questions. You can ask yourself bad questions. Like I'm sure you guys have read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and like he, one of his questions that he always asks is like, "Can I afford this?" That's mm-hmm. a bad question. Mm-hmm. If you say, "Can I afford this?" It's a yes or no, and it, it stops thinking right there. It's yeah. like. Okay, no, I don't have the money for it. Or yes, I do have the money for it. Either way, thought's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead, if you ask yourself, how can I? Now you're thought-provoking. So if we just continue to get these kids to ask themselves the right questions that figure out how, that's where I really believe that it's like uh, that is how you get kids to um, educate themselves is to get them to ask those questions of, like ask them the right questions and then they're gonna go search for the answers. It's not you giving them the answers like, this is how you're gonna live your life. This is how to do it. You go to college, you get a high salary and all this other stuff. Cause I tried that too, it didn't work. <laughs> but it's like, if they tell you these things, that's not the way it's like, it's getting introspective so they can find out what's best for their life. I think is the yeah. best way to guide people. It's like, what do you want? What do you think that God has for your life? What are your gifts? And then you can figure that out if you ask the right questions. And so that's mm-hmm. what I think the big disconnect is, is uh, teachers go very broad mm-hmm. and they want to teach everything mm-hmm. instead of like uh, asking que- uh, kids where they want to go and then specializing in that. Because that's, if you really look at it, those are the people who are successful, the people who found what their passion was and then they went all in on that. Yeah, find it, find it early. Yeah. If you can. If you, if can. you can, yeah. Yeah. And even if not, yep. do it old. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but do it. Yeah. But do it. Yep, I agree. thousand percent. So, uh... How did you guys decide that real estate was one of the vehicles that you wanted to put money, time, energy, effort into? Because you guys have quite a few rentals. You, maybe you can talk about your portfolio a little bit, what you guys have built, um, specifically where. I mean, we said West Central a lot, which is one of the, uh, I would say, 
most infamous neighborhoods in Fort Wayne. It's right downtown, and it's an area I would say I would call it a little hipster now. Like it's like come back in like this big way to the it's, point yeah. where like a lot of it's like kind of bougie. It's, it's prestigious. Like, yeah, yeah, it's prestigious. Yeah, it's historic. It's oh. prestigious. It's, yeah, yeah. Pinky, pinky up. up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's one sure. of one of those neighborhoods. <laughs> Um, how did you guys get started in real estate? Why did you decide on West Central? And I got one other thing to add to it. Yeah. Did you guys, were you into it separate before? Or did you guys do it before, uh, together? So, yeah. So I'll start and yeah. we can jump into it together. So prior to Jackie, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I would just become like an administrator. I think I'm making like 90 something thousand dollars in, uh, yeah. a year the salary and I'm like man I got it going on I'm in my 20s yep I'm an assistant principal down in uh, Muncie and um, thinking that okay man I'm good I'm good for life yep and I read rich dad poor dad I was in Key West and you were like mother fricker I'm not oh <laughs> man it just it just shattered me oh you my know because I was just like that's exactly what they talk about too yeah. is the administrators making like a hundred thousand dollars that's yeah. hilarious yeah and you know that's a whole nother conversation well earned well earned for all those administrators out there but um read that book and it just you know i had an apartment i was renting i had a, a motorcycle i had uh, a chevy avalanche that i was making a car note on mm -hmm. and that was it i mean i had all these depreciating assets you know with my name on it and, and you're like, proud of them. And I'm, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm living my best life. I'm in the Southeast, I'm South Bridge Apartments, man. Yep. I'm, I'm doing it big, single. Oh Lord. So, <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> oh Lord, that was a yeah. time. <laughs> so, so, um. That's a separate podcast. Yeah, different, different <laughs> podcast. I don't know which one that is. But, um, read that book and just realized, man, I need to, I need to turn this around. Like, how can I leverage what I do have in order to scale? Mm -hmm. So uh, a, a girl that I was dating at that time, her dad had just uh, sold a number of properties for, uh, I mean, like a ridiculous amount of properties. And the bank asked him to buy the properties back at a fraction of the cost, and he did. And this is around 2008, 2009. So, he's, I mean, he did. And he's like, well, I have all these properties you can have uh, a property land contract. So I got a property land contract, 4029 Hannah, my first property. Mm. In Fort Wayne? That. In Fort Wayne. Okay. Now, now that was part of it too. The hustle was different. I mean, I was living in Noblesville, working in Muncie, driving to Fort Wayne, working on a property, leave in the morning, go back to Muncie and work, go home in Noblesville. And it wow. was on repeat. And I did that for three years. You know my weekends and so just single family here single family here single family here single family here and then well that relationship didn't work out you know like i said i was young and dumb making bad decisions and uh definitely not equally yoked in a lot of different ways we can talk about that later too that, that word just keeps coming in my head yeah um so met jackie around that time and she was in West Central, and, I mean, I was focused <laughs> on her. And uh, during that time, there was a duplex, 1336 uh, Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that came open, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy that. I'll live there. I wanted to be just close mm-hmm. in the area. And you had never had any multi No multi-families during that time. It was all single families and some learning, learning through that process. And um, bought that property, rent one, and still getting money, you know, like, you know, rent out both sides and realizing, like, man, I, this person moves out. I still have income coming in, the mortgage, taxes, all that stuff is being taken care of. Wow, you know, like it was that aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. And I went all in. I'm like, I sold all those properties on the southeast side of town. And um, I went dead in the west central. Like, I wanted them all, you know. And in that process, learning about 1031 exchanges and taxes and just all those things that, you know, skilled investors understand they do, you know, so you get to maximize your money. Yep. Um, but where. The struggle started, you know, happening was we were starting to grow. I was probably 20 units in. Jackie was pregnant with our son, and we came to a a boiling point where it was like, okay, this is a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing it a lot by myself and sharing my frustrations with Jackie and... um, You guys were dating at this time? No, uh, we we were 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 married. We were married. And... um, it wasn't until she got involved in the company that we really were able to scale. Mm. So there's a the twelve plex at Washington and Jackson Street, um, right downtown. It's when we purchased it, there was only three, four tenants out yeah. of twelve. Wow. And the whole building just needed yeah. a lot of love. And I think that was at the point I was literally like about to pop with Roman. And I Jeez. And, you know, so it started as just, like, one duplex, and then it turned into a fourplex, and then it turned into, and then so we're, like, accumulating, and I was just letting him do his thing. I'm like, okay, I always, like, I feel like I've been really good about being supportive and wanting to say yes, like, as much as possible, because I have, I really have full trust, faith, everything in him, so um, I would always just say yes, and then this 12 unit came open, and I was like... (gasps) I really don't want to say yes to this. <laughs> oh man, yeah, she was like <laughs> because I was like, this is this is too much. Like we have a lot going on. You're a principal. I'm a teacher. We have two kids. Like we have Ava plus Roman here in just a minute. And I was like, oh, if we if you do this, like I'm gonna have to like come in because he he can't do it alone. Right. I mean that's a lot for one person. And yeah. So that was the the tipping point where I then became involved in. So that was good. I think it was good for our relationship. It was good for mm. our marriage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that she could see the ins and outs of the business um, and, you know, the money that mm-hmm. comes with that, the opportunities that come with that, you know. And so as she grew, then she was starting to become a dog. You know, <laughs> I, I had to say that. What do you mean by dog? Just, you know, just. We're all dogs. <laughs> you guys know what I mean. I don't know. Dakota, I really don't Dakota know. Dakota doesn't know DMX. Or I honestly don't get it. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? But just, you know, I, I would say, you know, there are people out there that's like, man, man, that dude's a dog. I and don't it, get that. It's just, <laughs> just the baddest just, mother father. Man, that, man, that, that person's tough. Is. They want it. Oh, okay. They want it. They, they're, you know, cutthroat, you know, but. 
in a nice way, yes. in, a, in a great way. Right, and aggressive I'm, and yeah. like gonna go get what they want. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, I have goals, have aspirations. You know what? I'm gonna tackle that. And I felt like at that point where Jackie was, you know, learning the real estate more and more, and then when she finally got like put two feet in, one, we were able to scale like exponentially. Yeah. And two, she understood the ins and outs and. She brings things to the table that I don't bring. Mm -hmm. You know, she she brings a whole different you know part of the business that I'm like, man, you have that. Yep. You know, take that. And she, I mean, she manages our properties. We're about 84 doors at this point. I was gonna ask that. That's awesome. Um, and it goes from duplexes, tries, quads. We have two apartment complexes. Um, yep. So and we're learning. Every every property's been a new opportunity, new learning opportunity, and. Um, so lean on her a lot, and because um, there's times where I just need a kick in the pants, and she's very good at doing that. How Sometimes do do, too good. That's what I was gonna say. Is how do you do that uh, <laughs> in a kind way, or like does it always? Is it always kind. Mm. Well, this is a good question. We were literally just talking on the way because he, he's like, I just need you to listen and not respond. Just mm -hmm. listen, mm -hmm. and I feel like I listen a lot. <laughs> um. So, um, I mean, it's always, we always come back at the end of any conversation, you yeah. know, with positives. But there's so, there's been hard times, of course, yeah. with anything. And, um, yeah, I think he brings so much to the table that I wouldn't bring to the table and vice versa. Like, I'm much more, I don't know, say organized, but just like with our leases sure. and, you know. The like, detail, de yeah. attention, detail oriented. Yep. Yeah. For and sure. he's the one that like acquires property so yeah i always i always tell people too i'd rather and i told my mom this actually i was like i'd rather have you say it to me poorly than not say it at all like right. don't don't just withhold anything like i'll deal if you say it to me you're coming at me hard i will deal with my own emotion because that's my responsibility just at least speak because i don't like expectations that are not spoken or if you're struggling with something and i don't know about yeah. it that's on you just tell right. me yeah. so yeah i'd rather have it be uh like harsh but at the same time if you can do it in a kind way i'm always looking for right. for ways to yep. tactics to do that and then last question that i have on this and then i want to hear about your guys individual roles actually is you guys built most of this all cash didn't you if i remember right or did you take loans or how did you build this up yeah. land contracts or yep. so i mean really just when we sold those property when i sold those properties on the um the single family homes originally um just didn't really know, didn't really know about leveraging, didn't really know about construction, didn't really know about a lot. But I just knew I, I needed to be in that space. So, um, you know, using using money, using credit cards, man, I took out part of a 403B, you know, some retirement accounts, mm -hmm. um, just to make it work. And then finally, you know, uh, I think Brandon Steph and Stephen Group Mm -hmm. He's huge. If I could probably say who's been like the most influential mm -hmm. on our success, I'd probably say Brandon. Wow. Um, he just connected us with the right people at the right time where we were in our growth. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he wanted us to be successful, so he kept giving us opportunity. Wow. And uh, so just learning through that, um, but being able to learn how to leverage safely. Um, not, you know, getting in and over our head, um, the bridge, construction loans, learning that 1031 cost seg now is yep. um, we're learning and growing through that. Yep. So just 
finding all those ways, those loopholes that we want to take advantage of yep. as uh, investors. So it's just been a... And then the bank. We and the bank, yeah. The relationship with the bank has been huge. Um, a lot of it's, you know, small, local. Yep. And so just a lot of our business goes through there and just having those relationships and networks. And What bank do you guys work with the most? Uh, Bippus. Bippus, nice. Bippus, Bippus State Bank, yeah. yeah I, was, I was playing uh, cash flow with my mm-hmm. daughter, which is uh, from the Rich Dad Poor Dad company mm-hmm. yep. and uh something that i forgot that i just recently like got the information again and i was like oh yeah that's so true mm-hmm. like the the number one expense a lot of times like from books like set for life it was like oh everybody spends a lot of money on their housing expenses and it'd be best to house hack and that sort of thing but they were like you know robert kiyosaki is always uh, ranting about something on social media and like a really scowling sort of tone, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like, "The rich don't pay taxes." <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's the biggest expense actually, and mm-hmm. I missed it. Like I missed it the first time through, and then I was just showing Presley like on the on the uh, income statement, and I was like, "Oh look, you you became a medical doctor, so you're a doctor." She's like, "Oh, that's good," and I'm like, "Yeah, but your expenses are a lot higher. Look at how much you're paying in taxes; like it's more mm-hmm. than a third. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that a lot of people accept. It's just like, oh yeah, you don't really get a ra- you never get away from taxes. You just always have to pay them. Right. It's just always mm-hmm. always going to be there. There's never any way out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, having corporate structures like entities are their own people and Mm -hmm. so like strategically if you're uh, creating something of value like uh, housing you know the government doesn't want to take that over yet (laughs) (laughs) and and so while we're still the providers of it we get incentivized for it and um, there's all sorts of ways to like make your taxable income on paper you can reduce it greatly so yeah. taxes are the biggest expense totally agree. yeah so when you said cost seg i was like that's a good sign for this year you know you won you know you won when you get i mean okay first of all our tax accountants expensive but they're worth it like expensive tax accountants get you the best uh right education as well as the best systems and basically if you pay your tax account a lot of money you get to them at the end of the year and they go like okay because of these few things that we did um how much money do you guys want to make on paper that's right. basically like you won you went you won this year mm-hmm. yeah, i want to hear about your guys is uh tell the listeners because a lot of people probably don't know what a cost seg is so if you want to explain what a cost seg is and why you had to do that this year <laughs> <laughs> well um the first time we've ever done a cost seg was this year. Yep. And so just a cost seg, basically it takes a property and it stretches your write-offs for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some instances, uh, you're able to have more, accelerate. more, yeah, accelerate your expenses over time. And mm-hmm. so um, case in point, an example is our latest apartment complex and uh, talking to our tax accountant, she highly recommended doing that cost seg. And not only doing just that cost seg, any property that we bought this year, she's mm-hmm. just wrap that all up, yep. do it. And I never thought doing a cost segregation study with like a duplex or, but it all matters. Yeah. You know, especially if your income is accumulating pretty quickly. So um, we'll see. I, I mean, I've never done one, I've never been on the back end of it to see like, the effects of it so i'm curious you know once we start 
diving into taxes a little bit this year and what that's going to look like for yeah. us. That's so, awesome. yeah, yeah, but glad to be able to be at a place where you can do that. 100%. Yeah, and the only way that you can do it is if you had properties. So, yeah. like, that's the cool thing, too, is properties that you're going to keep is, like, long-term rentals and stuff. Right. So, yeah. yeah, you guys positioned yourself in order to do that. That's the funny thing that people don't think about either. They're like, oh, these people, all these rich are just getting rid of all their taxes. Like, no, they positioned themselves in order to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can just, like lie about your income and then like now you don't pay taxes no you put yourself in a position bought certain things for that so yeah and right. just to give you guys an example if you're listening uh dakota and i you know our purchase price on all of our assets might be like four million dollars and of course we leverage more than what we bought them for so i think our leverage on it's like five million but let's just take four million dollar purchase price divided by 27 and a half years uh, it's like 140000 or like $70,000 each, basically, that we can write off every year uh, for the next 27 and a half years. However, you can bonus depreciate or move the schedule up. So there are certain items that once identified, you can depreciate over five years. You can depreciate some over seven, yeah, seven years, yeah, no. and then some over 15. Is mm -hmm. that the last tier? Yep. So basically you take that 27 and a half years and you're gonna get less depreciation later on in life, but like, wouldn't you rather have it now? It's like, you know, get all of your money back so that you can reinvest it so that you can bonus depreciate all that so you can get all your money back so you can reinvest mm -hmm. it. It's like, yeah. how quickly can you receive your money back? So I think we're above 200 after you did that, right? Like 260 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we can basically write off everything. So that's good. We're yeah. gonna have to pay a lot of money in taxes. And then that strategy helped us out a lot too. So it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was pretty awesome. awesome. I was like, yeah, so happy. Awesome. Yeah, because it's stressful, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, that's another funny thing. And I don't know if you guys experienced this, but you can be making a lot of money and then not actually have a lot of money oh, in your yeah. bank account. Oh Man, that yes. is a fact. I, I remember, <laughs> gosh, we, she talked about our first com apartment complex when we did that got a bank statement and I remember putting it up in that wall in our mm -hmm. bedroom and I think it was under a thousand dollars yep and I'm like what yeah I'm still a principal yep you're still making money yeah otherwise. I mean like yeah. I mean because it was like and I think part of going back to an earlier question part of Jackie's frustration was where's the money at mm -hmm. we have all these doors <laughs> and where's the cash you know mm -hmm. the perception is different you know mm -hmm. like anybody on the outside looking in like, oh man, they have twenty, you know, whatever. Yep. Oh, they sh banking. Yep. Like, no, man, I'm broke. Yep. <laughs> you know, and I hope yep. to continue to move that way. Right. Um, but Jackie was like, okay, I know you're doing this. I know we're investing this. You just use, you know, your retirement account and this, this to invest. Where's that money at? You know, like help me yep. understand. And and so it's just like building like this powder keg. Yep. And when you're ready to blow it up, yep, it can blow all the way. Hundred percent. Mm -hmm. But the longer you can keep it tight, and knowing once I set this fuse, it's gonna blow up. And I think that mm -hmm. was just kind of like my mindset, and I was trying to get her at that time to understand that. And we just had some struggles, but yeah, after you show her on paper and stuff, I'm sure it makes more sense. But that's pretty cool that I've never heard that analogy. That's a good analogy, though. It's like. It's like investing again for the long term because real estate is long term. Long you term. think that you're making all this money, like you are making money, but you don't actually see it all. And that's what people don't get either. And I talked to our private money lender yesterday. It's interesting how you can make a lot of money on paper and legitimately, like legitimately have not a lot of money in your bank yeah. account. Like mm -hmm. people really think that we're just like messing around with that. Like 
yeah you can even have money in your bank account and you're still broke because you know it's going to be spent very very quickly especially when you get into bigger deals yeah. like what you guys are doing mm -hmm. Um, and I remember when I was at the dealership, it was so funny. I'd always show them all my spreadsheets and stuff like, I don't want to see your spreadsheets. Show me your bank account. Yeah. I'm like, the spreadsheets is where it's actually at. That's where the money's at. And they're like, yeah, but this is all like, if they think it's all made up and hypothetical, but again, yeah, like yep. you said, you're just building it and you know that it's going to blow up eventually. And like, yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. a great analogy yeah. for that. Yeah. We're still learning, still learning. But yeah. yeah, that I think people get it misconstrued though, like, you know, because you have these properties, like, man, you, you just you're balling out, and I'm like, mm -hmm. nah, I'm balling on a budget right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, so. I can't remember who it was on like uh, the Tonight Show or something like that, but they showed a picture of like, I think it was like the three Migos and then like Ellen DeGeneres, and she had like twenty dollars in her wallet. <laughs> she was holding up a twenty, and they had all this cash. <laughs> And they were just like, she's the richest person in that picture because she's got like portfolio income. She's got investments. She's got all kinds of stuff. And then I think it was Tosh.0 or something like that. So then he brought up all of his stuff. He's like, so I have uh, $4 million in a 401k. I got this. Like, I got this. I got these rental properties and like this stuff that I'm depreciating. And I think I have $1,700 in the bank right now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, you know, I think about all that and think about what we're doing. And I think about our kids and like, man, they're going to be pretty good. Yeah. You know, and Jackie, sometimes she gets on me because she has to remind me. I say she's my rock and I'm the kite because, you know, I'm, I'm this vision. Oh, we can mm -hmm. go this way. We can do this big. She's like, come on back down here. Yep. And uh, she reminds me daily that she's the rock. And, um, <laughs> sometimes but, you need that yeah oh for sure because i'll just if she wouldn't hold me down i'd fly away yeah but um with our kids you know a lot of times you know we just started stuff like wills and trust and things like that yeah you know, like that's been that's recent. crazy and um it's scary to think about you know yeah. like i'm like my young 40 yeah but um <laughs> You know, never thought of that stuff. And so we're at that place where we have to be thinking of that. But then also, like, what happens to this if we passed away? Mm -hmm. You know, like, how, yeah. how will our kids be able to take advantage of what we've been able to, to start um, and hopefully continue to accumulate? So we're learning. We're learning that. We're going through that process currently. Love it. That's that's huge. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, we're going to get into some closing questions. Um, I'm going to ask you guys, I wanted to go into your roles a little bit more, but we got in another question that we're going to ask. So what is the greatest lesson that you have ever learned? And I want to hear from each of you guys, like the greatest lesson that you think you've learned in your lifetime that could be real estate related or whatever. Hey, Jackie first this time. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, I'll, I'll, Jackie was like, no, I can't answer she's that She's like, right no, let him go. I got to think about this a little longer. Hit me with all these questions. <laughs> greatest lesson. I don't know. I think... Just uh, slow down, be thankful. Like, I feel like we're always moving so fast. Mm. We're always thinking of the next thing. We're always just moving. Yes. And I think it's just important to slow be, down and enjoy. Still. Be still. Enjoy where we're, where we're at. Yeah. That is, that is so funny because that is the hardest thing for entrepreneurs usually is mm -hmm. literally to be right. present. And that's the funny thing that's it's so important to do. So that is awesome that like you have that perspective because then again, you can help him appreciate like, hey, we need to be present here and be grateful, thankful, happy with where we're at because we again, do live so far in the future that you can't even be happy. And then from the outside looking in, everybody's like, man, they got it all. Right. Everything's great, but you're already in the future that you can't even appreciate what you have. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's 
There's a book that I read for anybody who struggles with that. And honestly, most of the people listening probably right. struggle with that. Mm -hmm. um, it's called The Gap and the Gain. And it talks about how like a lot of people live in the gap instead of looking at the gain from where they've been. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I like that. Like that. I check that book out. Yeah. yeah. That was good. And she, that's, that's her. Mm -hmm. That's what she brings. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. She's always like, enjoy it. We work hard. Go yeah. do this. Go do that. I mean, she even shops for me. You have to have that. At this point. Like, man, I, sometimes I got to get on her because she gives me like this dad stuff. Yep. I'm like, sweetheart. Like, <laughs> I got him like some shoes from Target. He's like, what? Like, no. Like, it's not going to work. Like, <laughs> the North Face. He's wearing the North Face. That's how you know you made it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, Lesson learned. God, man, I can go a thousand different ways. <laughs> lesson. Um, I would, one of the things I just talked about being equally yoked. Mm. Um, you know, I think in anything that you do, any, any, any relationship, whether it's a relationship with a person, whether it's a relationship uh, with a business partner, uh, your maintenance man, you know, like you have to be, you know, cut from the same cloth a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, like the vision has to be the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to understand their role or it all sinks. And yeah. when you try to connect with others that aren't on the same page, that's where challenges lie mm -hmm. and the growth stops. And so, you know, I, I go back to my wife, you know, she was great for me because once, you know, like I said, I, I prayed for her. Mm -hmm. And when she came into my life, I felt like a weight had been lifted. And that's when we first met. And then even in business, when she finally was able to mm -hmm. get a deeper understanding of what was going on in the business, man, she brings skill sets that I don't have. Mm -hmm. And a weight was lifted and we were able to elevate because of that. And so we really want to make sure that whether at home, in our business, or in the work that we do, you know, being around people uh, that are cut the same. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah, we actually have that. Just had a good friend, actually, that was like, hey, I can't align on this, unfortunately, because, like, our values don't align, and, like, we don't see the same vision. And, like, you know, while you do have certain skill sets, it's not matching up with the skill sets that I think that we want to bring this thing to. So it's a, it's a hard conversation. But, yeah, I think it is more important than, like, get into it know that it was probably not going to work out anyway then there's now frustration or there's an expectation that was unspoken and then yeah so i think mm -hmm. the values have to align um at least in that relationship that you're going to have not all of the values have to align but if you're going to have a lot of these in like that certain area then they do in a relationship obviously i think all of them need to align yeah. at that mm -hmm. point in a business partnership like i would say 90 percent do an employee employer then like 80 percent, and it's got to be like certain ones but yeah i think the values is uh the, the most important in their vision. Like if their vision isn't going to the same place, it's yeah. like, what's the point of even doing this for a couple of years if we're not going to the same place? Yeah, mm -hmm. we're going in two different directions and yep. this isn't gonna work. You're going to Saturn, I'm going to Jupiter. Like yeah. this, is, this isn't Yeah, working. we're only gonna be in the same place for a little amount of yeah. time. So yeah. Yeah. let's yeah. just cut it off now. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to ask the question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's, they're going to have a similar answer for this one as the, as the last one. I think they went real deep on the yeah. last one. We'll see if you guys come up with a different answer for this, or maybe we'll change up the last question. But, uh, well, 
I guess for Alan, it's not going to be as long as far into the into the future because you're a little bit older. Right? So, <laughs> so oh, I was asking this one. <laughs> oh, okay. Ouch. What what was your what was your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Hmm. Most interesting failure, man. Lots of them. Um, I think my biggest failure, I would say, is not having a big enough vision. I think um, early on, I, I was talking with another investor earlier today, and he had uh, contacted me. I said, hey, I didn't know you picked up those apartments over there. And He said, I was looking at that years ago, but I was um, – nervous because I was just getting started and I'm like, man, you know what? I can relate to that, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, um, there's been so many deals that I've passed up because I'm like, man, that's, that's too big for me. Yep. Like, and just putting a ceiling on, on, on top of me and uh, on top of us. And I'm like, hindsight is always 2020 hindsight, man. I would have tackled that thing. Mm -hmm. Like if I knew what I know now, Man, 20s, grinding. I think about uh, uh, Drew. Uh, Andrew? Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's a I beast. don't know him, <laughs> but I like him. He's a beast. And I love that he's 19, Yeah, 20. Yeah, he's 19, yeah. Give me a break, That's man. Awesome. And he's around you guys. Mm -hmm. He's around dogs. <laughs> and so I love that. I love that, you know, I wish, and my daughter's going to be a dog. Mm-hmm. My daughters, my son's going to be a dog because their dad and their mom is a dog mm -hmm. and in a positive way. And I just, you know, so anyway, I can go a thousand different ways <laughs> with that too. But just the big enough vision, big vision. Love it. Don't think too small. What about you, Jackie? Biggest failure? Or like your favorite, best, most interesting? I don't like to think of anything as a failure per se. Biggest I lesson. <laughs> <laughs> lesson I don't know I just feel, always feel like I go back to patience and if things don't work out like it was meant to be that there, there was a reason for that like we've had so many circumstances where like at we wanted something to work out mm -hmm. a certain way and it didn't and then you know six months down the line we're like I'm so glad that didn't work out the way yeah. it worked out because right. now we're presented with something else mm -hmm. that opened the door to a whole new yeah. Sometimes it's been even better yeah. Yeah, than the original. That yeah, that's an interesting one because honestly, I want to ask you about that. I, we're kind of going to go a little bit longer, but we'll we'll get there in the next couple minutes. Um, that's an interesting statement though, because like we believe that everything happens for us, not to us. Mm -hmm. And so like again, that happened for you, whatever it is, whether it's like something that changed. But then also, I believe that we have a certain amount of like uh, influence and drive over our lives too. So how much of this is like, okay, this is God's will, and like I'm just gonna let it be, and it is what it is, and like I know that it's working together for the good. And then how much of it is like, I gotta work for what I want. Like God gave us free will and stuff for a purpose. So how much? How do you balance those two things? I would say that's the other thing too. I mean, what we do is work twenty four seven, mm -hmm. and I mean, I feel like we don't, but we sleep. We sleep with the kids in the bed most nights. Our kids come down every night. Every night. <laughs> there you go. But we're working all the time, and I think a lot of people don't see that part either. It's they see like 
they see the exterior, like the everything looks so great, everything is smooth and you know, but it's the complete opposite. It's like last night we had four pipes bust. We had wow. we've had four, four heating furnace. issues, four like just this situation. over the past four days. Like yeah. it's been insane. Yeah. yeah. And it's just stuff you don't talk about. We could talk about. We do talk about to certain people. Yep. But yeah, I totally agree with that. I think I heard Steve Harvey talk about it one time, where he was like, "Everybody sees this vision, this version of who I am at this point, but mm-hmm. they didn't see me when I jumped off the cliff. Mm. And when I jumped off the cliff, I had scrapes and cuts and bruises and all of this, you know. And now I all I had to go through all of those things." to get to this version of who I am right now mm-hmm. and still not perfect. And I, I, I think that just kind of reiterates what you're saying. You know, you're going to go through it to get to it. And even when you get to it, you're still going to go through it. Yep. Yep. Always awesome. learning, always grinding. Love it. Are we doing the superpower one? Or are we going no, we can just get to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, right. you know, we can do a real short one. Give us a short answer because I do want to know their roles too. Like, okay, so this was the one where, like, I wanted to ask you guys about your roles in the business, and the, but also I want to know what your superpower is. So maybe if we give like a one minute version okay. of like what your roles are, and then what you believe your gift or like what your superpower is that like God gifted you with. Um, my role is the tenants. Um, if we have a property, I'll be the one to list it. I show it. I do all of the lease paperwork. I screen them too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Screening, um, show the units, um, just handle all of the back end stuff, the bills, the utilities, mortgages, all of that stuff. Jeez. Um, so yeah, that's a lot in itself, especially yeah. with the amount that we have. Plus four kids. Yeah, that's a lot. And Plus then teaching. Oh so my gosh. So I still teach gosh. half days. I teach every day until twelve thirty. Wow. So, uh, and before Alan, this is his first year that he hasn't been a principal. So up until this year, it was just me in the afternoons from 1230 until 230, trying to get in as much as I could in two hours. Um, But it's been really nice this year because he's been able to, to do a lot more and have that flexibility and freedom. Wow. I do absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) My wife is great. No, um, I would say just again the acquisition. You know, I, I do a, a lot of the networking. I would say my gift is gab mm-hmm. and just a, a people person and relationships. Um, working with the contractors now, um, definitely a lot more than I used to, um, especially with the extra time. And, you know, it's funny just talking about that time. I tell you what my superpower isn't is the balance Mm. is, you know, I thought when stepping away and going into this new part of my life, oh, I'm going to have all this extra time. And gosh, it just hits different. It hits different. And, you know, I'm used to having that secretary, you know, this is your day. And and not having that now has just been an adjustment. So learning, growing, growing together. Yep. Yep. Love it. All right. This is the last question. <laughs> this is the deep one. Oh. I'm real deep here. And uh, Alan, I think I got this right. So 56 years from now, mm. you're on your deathbed. Yes, it done so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> and, and you're on your deathbed. You have a final message to the world, and it's your legacy. 
It's the message that, that you feel that the world needs. So it can be a mantra, a sentence, a paragraph. Um, it is the last thing that people are going to remember you for, and it's a, a powerful, purposeful message that you feel is authentic from you to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Something that the world needs to hear. What is your message? Oh, man. <laughs> Went Dalai Lama on me. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I would say live. That's it. I think too many times, you know, I don't need to give a long a verse or a quote. I love quotes. I, I mm-hmm. have them in my phone. Me too. But I think uh, if you're not living, you're dying. And I think, uh, you know, when you live, you take risk. When you live, you love. When you live, you, you know, you do things that are out of the box. You're spontaneous. You, you're living. And, you know, whether it's with real estate or, you know, whatever your career may be or whatever comes in your life. So I would encourage people to live, enjoy life. You only get one. And um, so simple, four letters. Love it. All right, Jackie, completely different question. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> so she just did her ideas. Don't switch it up on me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> so maybe like maybe like 66 years into the future. <laughs> when when you're on your deathbed like long after Alan's gone. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just hoping to get to next year. We're going to die at the same time. Yeah. Alright, so 56 years. <laughs> when you guys can't catch like, Alan just died. You heard his. He said live and you decided to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> COVID-74, you both got it. You're tired of listening to Alan. <laughs> and you're on your deathbed. You have a final, purposeful, positive message that you feel that the world needs to hear. It's your legacy, your mantra, a sentence, a paragraph, your Dalai Lama moment, as Alan suggested. <laughs> and so your final message to the world is this. Hmm. I mean, mine is very similar. Just be thankful, be appreciative, be kind. Um, you know, you just never know what anyone's going through. So mm-hmm. just be kind, I guess, is what mine would be. So sweet. Love it. I try. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. All right. So last question is, how can our listeners get a hold of you guys if they have a property in West Central that they want to sell you bef- after they bring it to us and we passed on it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> yes. That's another problem, though. We don't have a website. We need a website. Mm. Or, or an Instagram handle or a yeah. phone number. Phone I mean, you could even give a phone want. number. Yeah. yeah. We just have, usually it's word of mouth, honestly. We have really good people that we've, met along the way friends family um but you could always call us my number are you giving my number yeah, you sure four one nine five five three wait, wait a minute hold on a second <laughs> i can't have some random people just calling you no i'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry or you can email us too yeah email what's your email it's a a and j llc this is tough too though because it's spelled out a a n d j llc at Yahoo, so like Alan and Jackie. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Uh, contact us. We have Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I like it. 
well thank you guys for coming on i know like honestly this one is probably one of our best podcasts i think you guys just provided like a massive amount of value so yeah i just want to say again thank you guys for coming on thank you for your beautiful relationship that you guys have like i think your partnership is very unique and i think that a lot of people can honestly get a lot from from everything that you guys said so yeah, yeah, appreciate it appreciate you guys too man i know people uh i tell somebody the other day it's like yeah man uh Asked us to go on to do the podcast, and man, I can't wait till they ask me. So yeah, I know, awesome. you know, in our circles, people are looking, they're listening. I just, I appreciate what you guys bring to the table. You know, you know. So definitely want to give you guys roses too. Yeah, you, know, you thank guys. You. I love your hustle. I love your grind. I love what you guys have built. You guys are killing it. So keep it up. We're dogs. Dogs. <laughs> yeah, we're dogs. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you guys got value, which I know that you did, please like, comment, share, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace.